Hey everyone, I'm Miles, and I want to begin by asking you a question. Do you want to be blessed? Silly question, of course you do. The Bible shows us that the surest way to be blessed is by blessing others. Not only is this good for the people that we bless, but it turns out it's also good for us, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And as we bless others, it brings us purpose, dignity, and we experience the love of God for ourselves. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Miles, but I'm in no fit state to think about blessing others. Maybe you're really stressed right now, or you're struggling with a few things, or, or perhaps you just feel too empty to be able to give out. Well, the good news is this. We don't have to bless people from a position of strength. In fact, we often bless best from a position of weakness because then we have to rely on the Lord. St. Paul wrote that when you are weak, then you are strong. Think about Jesus. It was through the weakness of the cross that the greatest blessing came to the world. Our reading today is from Paul's second letter to Timothy. This is the last known letter that Paul wrote. Paul at the time of writing is condemned and he's in a dark dungeon in Rome with just a hole in the ceiling for air and light. Maybe you feel in a dark place right now. And Paul is in chains. Perhaps you feel chained by your circumstances or even addiction. And he's lonely and bored. We all know what that feels like, right? And Paul was in death row awaiting execution because of the persecution of the Christians under the Roman Emperor Nero. Perhaps you're dreading what lies ahead. And yet Paul, probably now in his 60s, chooses to write this, his last letter, not to a city, not to a church, but to a young leader in his early 30s called Timothy. In other words, in spite of Paul's circumstances, in spite of his weakness, Paul chose to bless Timothy and through these words, blesses us today. So our reading today is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Let me read it to you. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the, the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, 
who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Amen. So my talk today is called How to Bless Others. Firstly, love them. The best way to bless someone is to love them. And you can ask God to give you his love for them. Paul writes in verse two, he says to Timothy, my dear son, or perhaps a better translation is my beloved son. Now you might or might not have children, but we can all have spiritual children. Paul probably didn't have any natural children, but he had lots of spiritual children. He'd led Timothy to faith. We read of this in Acts chapter 16. And for 15 years, Timothy had accompanied him as his companion on Paul's second and third missionary journeys. Paul had mentored and trained Timothy as the next generation, and Timothy was now in a position of leadership in Ephesus. But all of this flowed from Paul's love for him. Paul, verse three, constantly thanked God for Timothy. And in verse four, he remembers their tearful, emotional goodbye and looks forward to a joyful reunion. Love is the key to leadership and love is the key to blessing others. Now, Christian love is not the victim of your emotion, but it's the servant of your will. You can choose to love someone. And even when our love tank is empty, God has an infinite supply of love to pour into us by his spirit. Let him fill your tank today. The second way to bless others is to pray for them. In verse three, Paul says this, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Praying for others is not a waste of our time. In fact, it's the most effective use of your time. An intercessory prayer for others is an act of love. Do you pray for your family members or for your work colleagues? Or do you pray for your difficult boss? Or if you are the difficult boss, do you pray for those under you? You see, when we pray, things change. If we don't pray, things change us. Don't let prayer be your last resort, but your first go-to weapon. And you don't even need to tell others that you're praying for them. It will still make a difference. But of course, it can be hugely encouraging to tell people you're praying for them. My great-great-grandmother was a very godly woman. And her son, my great-grandfather, was called Raymond. And as was often the case in the UK back then, he was sent away to school. And just before he went, his mother gave him a Bible. And she said, uh, Raymond, I want you to promise me this. Will you read this new Bible every day whilst you're at school? He said, yes, mother, and went away. At the end of term, he came back home. And she said to him, Raymond, have you read your Bible? He said, yes, mother, every day. She said, could I have a look at it, please? So he gave it to her. She opened it up and immediately knew that he'd not even opened it. Why? Well, at the start of each book of the Bible, she'd placed in it the equivalent of a one ringgit note. They were all still there. 
She said, you've not read it, have you? And he looked rather ashamed and said, no, I'm sorry. He said, but I will read it next term. And she then said these words to him. And I will pray for you, Raymond, every day. At that point, he knew his mother truly loved him. Pray for them. Thirdly, believe in them. Verse five, Paul says this. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul believed in Timothy spiritually, that his faith was real, but he also believed in him practically, in his character and capability. Paul trusted Timothy with responsibility at a very young age. Now, the people who influence, influence us the most tend to be the people who believe in us the most. Do you know four of the most powerful, uplifting, blessed words you can speak over someone are, you can do that. You can do that. It's a principle of the kingdom of God that nothing happens unless it's first spoken into being. I remember years ago when I was the associate vicar under Nikki Gumbel at HTB in London, Nikki had been invited to go and speak at this big Anglican conference in Abuja in Nigeria to 10,000 priests, but he, he couldn't make the dates. So he sat me down and said, Miles, look, I've written back to them offering to send you in my place instead. And they've written back and accepted. So you're off to Nigeria. I was terrified. And I said to Nikki, I can't possibly do that. And I remember he just smiled and he looked at me and said, oh, you can do that. And those four words, when he spoke them, it released something in me. Release something in others today by believing in them. And if there's something perhaps that you've been wrestling to have the courage to do, then today I want to look right down this lens right now at you and say, you can do that. The fourth way we can bless others is minister to them. In verse six, Paul says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Previously in his first letter to Timothy, Paul had written this in 1 Timothy 4, 14. He said, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Now, they might have prayed for Timothy to receive the gift of evangelism, or maybe they laid hand on, on him because it was his, his ordination, or maybe they prayed for him to speak in tongues or to receive the gift of prophecy. We don't know. But it shows the importance of prayer ministry. It's why we always offer uh, prayer ministry at the end of these online services. And today, you can be prayed for, ministered to by our online pastors simply by clicking request prayer. And you'll be amazed at what happens within you and in your circumstances. The Holy Spirit is not limited by technology. The fifth way we can 
bless others is encourage them. Everybody needs encouragement. It's like oxygen to the soul. Timothy needed encouragement. He was young. One Timothy 5 tells us that he often suffered from frequent illnesses. And the impression we get of him in these letters is that he was a shy and sort of introverted character. Do you need encouragement right now? Paul writes in verse 7, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Maybe you feel a little afraid. Well, that doesn't mean you're a coward. Actually, there can be no courage unless we are a little afraid. Courage is doing what you're afraid to do and not allowing fear to rule your decisions. And as we encourage people, we help build courage in them and ourselves. So who could you encourage today? Maybe through a WhatsApp message or perhaps even just a smile. Encouragement is a direct investment into someone else's future. You can literally help change the narrative of the storyline of their life by encouraging them. Don't underestimate the power of encouragement. And it's something we can all do. Do you realize the power that the Lord has given you for good through the gift of encouragement? And pray for others to be filled with the Spirit. As it says in verse 7, to give them a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. The sixth way we can bless others is challenge them. The way we grow is through a combination of encouragement and challenge. If it's all encouragement, our spiritual muscles remain soft. If it's all challenge, our heart can become hard. But with encouragement and challenge, we get a soft heart and hard spiritual muscles, not the other way around. In verse six, Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God within him. Sometimes we need to be reminded and, and challenged to take responsibility for our own spiritual development and to stir yourself up. When I was younger, I used to train quite a lot in karate. Our instructor would often challenge us either to do uh, a new move or a new exercise. And I'd often be thinking, that's impossible. I'll never do that. But then he always used to say this phrase to me. He used to say, come on, Miles, it's mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. And whenever he used to say that, that challenge used to make me think, do you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And I was often amazed at what new skills I could learn. Now, of course, we do mind and others do matter. But the principle is this. Why not lovingly challenge others to go deeper in their faith with Christ, to grow in him as a disciple? So fan the flames of faith in yourself and in others through things like worship, prayer, Bible reading, fasting, discipline, whatever it takes to rise to the challenge to grow 
in Christ. The final way in which we can bless others is share with them. Share in their life and importantly, allow them to share in yours. In verse 8, Paul says, join with me in suffering for the gospel. Even though Paul served God, verse 3, with a clear conscience and, you know, even he did not escape suffering. He was in chains and had been badly let down by others. Later in verse 15, he says, you know that in the province of Asia, everyone had deserted me, including Figilus and Hermogenes. Yet one person stood out. Don't run away from those who are suffering, but be like Onesiphorus, who Paul says in verse 16, often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Be there for those who are suffering. Because as you do that, you bless them, and in so doing, you bless Jesus. And in return, you will be blessed. Let's pray right now, wherever you are. Uh, why don't you just put your hands out in front of you as if you want to receive a blessing from God. And we're just going to pray this ancient prayer of the church. Just echo this in your heart right now. Just pray. Come, Holy Spirit, will you fill me now with your love and your presence and just receive the Spirit of God afresh in your life. If you've never turned to Christ before, right now, open your heart to him. Allow him in. Come, Holy Spirit. 